Welcome to the Profitable Nutritionist Podcast, where your host and fellow nutritional therapy practitioner, Andrea Nordling, teaches you how to grow a sustainable, impactful, and consistently profitable health and wellness practice by following her proven formula. So Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing a little bit of your story with us and inspiring the listeners with all sorts of things. I kind of have an idea about what we're going to be talking about, but I really have no idea where this conversation will go. <laughs> and that's the best kind to have, in my opinion. So let everybody know who are you? Why are you here? And let's start with that. All right. Well, thank you, Andrea, for having me on today. I am super excited to be here also. So my name is Alyssa, and I have a business called Whole Woman Wellness that I have been working on building this past uh, six months. And I am here to share a little bit with you guys today about some things that I have learned, some lessons I've learned that I wish I had known from the beginning that would have just saved me a lot of headache and stress and things that I hope other people can avoid as they start out their businesses. So good. Yeah. The theme of this episode is going to be what I wish I had known when I started my business. So first, before we dive into that, do you want to give us kind of the evolution of when you did start your business and kind of like a little bit of background and context about what it looked like in the beginning and when that was? Yeah. So I first started my business at the beginning of this year. So I believe it was January or February of this year. And I started out just, I felt like I was kind of completely guessing on everything that I was doing. And the thing in particular that I found myself just completely making up and changing every other week was my pricing where to the point where I even, I had a discovery call. And then before I even sent that person my, you know, pricing and package information, I actually went on my website and changed it again. And second guessing everything and just almost feeling like I was, I don't know, hiding from actually signing clients because I was so stressed and worried about, you know, all the setup that was happening behind the scenes. And it kind of held me back from really growing my business. So fast forward six months, I still have a very small but mighty business, but I did just have a recent discovery call where I you know, have now decided my premium pricing, I'm sticking to it. And I just told it to her right there over the phone, just confidence in my voice. And lo and behold, right there on the spot, she says, okay, (laughs) let's do it. I'm excited. (laughs) So it was it was very, very cool, very interesting for me to watch that evolution of just my own mindset and just confidence decision making and how that ended up making it so much easier for potential clients. So they're not sitting there going, oh, what? Wait, what's happening? Where am I? What's happening next? What do I do? How do I work with you? So I felt like it really gave clarity from both ends, which was happy for me. Yeah, absolutely. So in the beginning, when you were doing your first discovery calls, which is always so messy and imperfect and cringy later on as we look back at them. Yes. (laughs) But the only way to get through it is just to do them imperfectly and cringy. But when you think about those first discovery calls that you did, what do you think the difference was between the one you just talked about now? Oh, gosh, I feel like the difference really was everything. (laughs) (laughs) Just merely everything. No big deal. (laughs) If we're going to get specific about things. I mean, 
I think the biggest difference was my confidence going into it, my mindset going into it, because that very first one that I did, gosh, it was this woman who had reached out from a post I had shared on a like a local Facebook group kind of thing had reached out and said, oh, hey, I have, I work with women who have hormone things going on. And she was said, oh, I have PCOS. I'm really interested. You know, let's chat. Got on the phone with her and just, I felt like I was a little all over the place. I didn't really know what I was, what I was trying to achieve with the call. I was just kind of asking questions and she was talking. And then I asked if she had any questions for me. And that's when it really started to go sideways. I'm just over here sweating and your th- internal thoughts are, please don't have any questions. Oh, Let me just get off. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love it. But we have to go through those really imperfect and just painful learning experiences to learn. We have, there's, there's no shortcutting it. There's no way to have your first, like first discovery call or first 20 discovery calls or first anything that you do in your business without being a sweaty mess. There's just no way to get around it. You have to do 100%. it. hundred <laughs> percent. Just the way. Okay. So I didn't ask this before, but I should, cause I know people will be interested. What do you specialize in? What do you do? So I work with women's hormone type issues. So my direct specialty, I would say it's endometriosis and fertility kind of things, but I also work with women who have PCOS. I've worked with women in perimenopausal, postmenopausal phases as well, just bringing hormones into balance. And so in the beginning of your business, you said you started earlier this year. I didn't know it was that recent. I think this is so cool. Were you already focusing specifically on that or has that evolved as your business has kind of refined over the last? That was something that I had actually decided before I even joined the NTA program. I, I knew what I wanted to do just based on my own personal history, my, the reason I was joining the program in the first place myself. And so that was something I had decided very early on. I love it. Okay. I didn't ask this either. And now I'm taking notes and wondering this question is when exactly was it that you joined the Profitable Nutritionist program? I just joined in May. In May. Okay. So recently, because we're recording this in July, just for future reference. So everybody knows. Okay. So it's been a few months and you have seriously turned things around by implementing the, I think probably just, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm kind of paraphrasing what you said before, like leveraging the mindset skills in the program and really getting confident in your delivery of your price and of your services. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So here's what I'm wondering. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm curious, had you intended to join for a long time or was it a new offer that you saw and joined the program right away? You know, what's funny is actually, I had first started listening to your podcast back in end of last year, I want to say maybe November, December, because it was somewhere right around when I had had graduated NTA. I started listening to your podcast. And the funny thing is, when I first started listening to your podcast, I enjoyed it. But I also thought to myself, I I don't think this is the program for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love the honesty. It's so good. And then, you know, I just kept listening to it and started finding that each episode I was listening to was going, oh, that's an interesting little nugget. Oh, you know what? That is resonating with me. And slowly but surely, I just started becoming very much, I just turned around, I guess, in my mindset and I guess understanding of what you were saying and the message that you were delivering. And so when you had, I think you had started talking about you were going to be opening the doors soon in May. 
by that point in time, I had already decided, you know what, the next time she opens the doors, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. So glad that you did. All right. So what would you say to someone? And the reason I asked this question is because I do hear from podcast listeners quite often that say, I'm I'm going to join the program. I want to join the program, but not until next year or not until six months from now or not until blank time. <laughs> and I would be curious. I know what I say to that, but I would be curious what you would say to that. Well, I would start by saying I thought the same thing. <laughs> I had this whole plan of I was going to do a couple of, you know, training programs this year to kind of further my education on just being able to help clients and things like that. And I said, next year, I'm going to join some sort of a business program. This is before I decided I was going to do the profitable nutritionist program, but I was going to do something, you know, for a business program next year. But then I got to thinking, well, why am I waiting till next year when I'm trying to grow my business now? You know, because I can I can always join other programs to learn more things because just because I enjoy the learning process, not because I feel like I have to, to work with clients, but I just had this feeling of, well, the more that I grow my business, the more that it's going to allow me to do the things that I want to do, like, you know, join these trainings or, you know, be able to invest more in my business to be able to grow it the way that I want to. And I just said, you know what, if there's one thing I'm going to invest in this year and spend money on, why not have it be this program? So I would say, give it a similar thought to anyone who's considering it. That is so good. The more that I make it my business, the more I can invest in the other trainings. That's so good. I, I hear this from a lot of people, it's kind of similar similar sentiment to what you just said. It's like, no, I want to take all of the trainings because I love it. I love to learn more. I'm so interested in what I teach my people and I want to go deeper on my knowledge there. Which I mean, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There's I probably am guilty of the same thing business-wise. I keep taking like more online courses about things I'm interested in that I probably will never ever teach, but it's just fascinating <laughs> to yeah, me. That's, so that's I, we, I totally get that's it. That's why we're so passionate yeah. about what we do, right? We just love learning more and more and more. There's there's always more. It's one of those, the more you know, the more you find out you need to know. And it's just, it's fun. It's, I enjoy learning. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that that's a good, like a good compliment to a business is having it be somewhat of a hobby as well. I don't think that's a prerequisite. I don't think that you have to be obsessed with your business and think about it all the time. And and work on it as a hobby, but it certainly makes it a lot more enjoyable, in my opinion, if it is kind of a hobby. And if learning more about it is something you enjoy, even when you're not working, really don't see the downside of that yeah. <laughs> for anything. <laughs> okay, cool. So do you still have more training programs on your plan or has that changed? I'm just curious. I do. I do. I So I kind of also did a flip on that because I thought that, okay, well, I'm doing this, so I'm going to focus on this. And then in the next year, I'm going to do another training. But then then I, now I've decided to do another one this year anyway. So I'm, I'm going to be joining the restorative wellness program in September, which I'm actually really excited about that one because that gives some more insight into some gut health and things that I'm, I'm really, really interested in. So, And I have a couple of friends who are actually going to be doing the program at the same time. So that was kind of my well, let's just do it. We can have a little study yeah. together or something. 
So good. Okay, let's get back to the question that I had seated in the beginning, which was, what do you wish that you had known when you started your business? I know you've given like some context around this, but is there anything in particular that you wish you had known when you started? You know, one of the big things that you say that I repeat to myself on a daily basis is the idea that you can't do it wrong. And that's something Mm -hmm. I wish I would have been more aware of because I have this I don't know, just this idea in my mind that comes from, I don't know, childhood or something, who knows, that just, if you're going to do something, it has to be done a certain way. There's a right way and there's a wrong way to do things. And I think that's where a lot of my stress was coming from in trying to build a business was this idea of, you know, am I doing this right? And I would spend hours researching and asking around and seeing what other people are doing and just trying to figure out if I was doing it right when there's so many things that why can't I just do it my own way? Why can't I just, you know, forge a new pathway? And so that's my new mantra, Alyssa, you can't do it wrong. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I fully endorse paving your own new path. I love it so much. So what is like, what does that look like for you? For anyone that's listening to this, I can imagine might be wondering what are any examples you might have of that, of things that you thought you were doing wrong that you're not like, now, nope, I'm just going to figure this out and do it my way. Gosh, there's a lot of things, but let me think of a couple of examples here. One thing I guess would be just even, I, I have a weekly blog post that I write, and then I tie that into my weekly email that I send out to my people. And I found myself doing a lot of sitting there and especially when it came to writing the email, because I feel like that's the part that was more kind of personal writing to people. Not that the blog isn't writing to people, but it was always about, you know, that particular topic of the week that I was talking about. And I would find myself, you know, I was digging back through my inbox, trying to look at how other people structured their emails and, you know, the, the way that they would flow and even the formatting and things like that. And just feeling like it had to be done a certain way. And I would spend so much time on that and then started to learn, you know what, I can just write. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm just <laughs> writing to friends and what I would want to tell them about this topic and just let it flow. And I feel like it's come out so much more naturally when I think that way rather than trying to make it look a certain way or feel a certain way that maybe doesn't really resonate with me personally. And it's, yeah, I feel like it's made a big difference in the the responses that I've gotten and just the the time that I spend on them has reduced dramatically because I just, I just sit down and write it. And even things like like I do use Instagram. I, I think it's fun for me, you know, making these little goofy reels and things like that. And same thing. I used to spend so much time scrolling through other people's stuff. What are they doing? What does this look like? Am I talking about the right topics? Is this interesting to people? And now I kind of just do whatever I want to do. And, you know, I don't put any pressure behind having to post a certain amount of times a week or, you know, at a certain time of day or use a certain amount of hashtags. I just, you know what, I'm just going to do it the way I want to do it. And we'll see what happens. (laughs) Exactly. So I don't want this to be too much of a leading question, but I'm assuming that that change in perspective for yourself of just imperfectly not worried about doing things the right way, just like, oh, that's how I'm going to do it. I would imagine that that translates to your work with your clients too, and how they approach things. Like I said, this is kind of (laughs) 
a leading question, yeah. but is there anything that you can think of that bubbles up where you can see how that has also changed over the last few months? Yeah. And I think it, I mean, I'm sure it does really come back to the way that I'm talking to clients and working with them where, you know, I try to do a lot of, you know, guiding my clients and coaching them, but not necessarily telling them exactly how to do things. And I think that that has allowed people a lot of really empowerment in taking charge of their life and of their health. And it just, I feel like it leaves them feeling more, more empowered. I that's really the best word I can think of for that, just to kind of make their own decisions on things. Then they might come back to me and say, you know, oh, I took that little suggestion that you had and, you know, now I've decided to do this, this, and this. And I started finding some recipes and I, you know, decided to go go on walks every morning or whatever it is. Instead of me telling them exactly, you know, I think you should do this and this and this and this. And I, I mean, I feel like that is going to be much more helpful for the long run, right? To be able to kind of think for themselves and make those decisions for their bodies, which I think is really cool. Yeah, definitely. And it takes the pressure off of you to have all of the answers all the time and to be uber prepared for anything that they might ever ask or anything that might ever come up because you are giving them full agency and and giving the information and like the power back to make their own decisions, which makes you a facilitator instead of an what's the, what would be the opposite of that? I can't think of what the opposite of that would be, but be like the all-knowing encyclopedia, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. I, oh, I think that that is so good. I'm assuming that people will be thinking, hmm, I like this. I can't do it wrong. They can't do it wrong, which means that I really can't do it wrong if I'm just teaching people how to make better decisions for themselves. Totally. <laughs> Uh, okay. So business started beginning of this year. You got a little messy and a little scrappy on your first discovery calls, just like really vacillated on your price. Can we actually, I need more clarity on that. Like, what was that like when you, and how did you initially set your price? And then why do you think you were second guessing? Oh, it? Let's talk gosh, about that, that was a hot mess at that time. That was the one big thing. Honestly, that was the big thing that was holding me back from starting my business in the first place. So, cause I had graduated a few months before I actually officially decided to, you know, tell people that I <laughs> was starting this business and did my official launch. And my initial pricing was just, I was spending so many hours just researching what other people were doing and kind of like trying to find other people who are even kind of in, in my general geographic area. And then I was also looking at people who were kind of doing similar things that I was doing, which isn't really a thing, right? Because we're all <laughs> not even a thing. No. And yeah, my pricing was very much based on that, which even that is a challenge because that was all over the place. I mean, I'm looking at people's pricing on their websites and I was, it was just seemed like the whole spectrum was out there and I felt just super confused. So the funny thing is the price that I have set now is actually the price that I had originally wanted to set when I first was going to start my business, but I did all this second guessing and I actually ended up cutting it in half because I just thought that it was too much and people weren't going to pay it and I'm, you know, I'm new at this so I shouldn't be charging that much. 
And there was just a lot of internal back and forth and conflict on that. <laughs> so that's kind of what that looked like. It was, it was very messy. I love, I just like, I love this so much. So you had the initial price in mind, then you went to work researching, which seems like a prudent thing to do, but is a terrible, terrible idea to go research what other people are charging and find out the going rate. I have a podcast all about this. I just looked up while you were talking, I looked up the episode. If anyone wants to get my full rant about this and what I suggest to do instead, go to episode 34 called Figuring Out the Going Right. So you did the thing, which was like, I'm going to be prudent. I'm going to be professional. I'm going to go figure out what other people are charging. And really what you did is you took whatever you found, even though, like you said, there was all options were accounted for. There was high, there was low, there was everything in between. But what your brain did, which is what our natural thought process is, is to only focus on the low end. I'm assuming this is what happened. Only focus on the low end. And then you talked yourself down and ended up having your halving, like H-A-L-V-I-N-G, your rate because of what you saw when you did that instead of what you could have also done but our brains don't do this which is why looking up the going rate is a terrible idea you could have looked at the high end and like probably even raised your rate yeah i could have <laughs> it's so predictable that our human minds do not go that direction let me tell right. you <laughs> we definitely don't <laughs> uh, oh my gosh it's so good yeah looking up the going rate and trying to figure out what other people are charging is a losing battle for many reasons, but also because we cannot assume that any of those businesses are even successful or even have one single client. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. And then of course you realize that when you raised your prices, it got easier to sell. Yes. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. That was, and I'm sure that I said this in the intro, but that was what you initially reached out about and said, oh my gosh, I had such a good discovery call where for the first time I wasn't nervous to give the price. It went really well. She was a yes right away. And I want to talk about it. So what, like, tell us more about that, about, was that like an on off switch or did they get progressively easier? Did you just cut off your old price and start it anew? Or did you like increase over time? What did that look like? Well, so at the time that I joined the program, I had just finished with a client. So I actually didn't have anybody active at the time. So I just did a one increase. I didn't do a, a gradual or anything. I just, okay, this is my new price as of today. <laughs> and the funny thing is that this particular client that you're talking about, who I had done that recent discovery call with, she had actually been, I believe, one of, if not the first person to reach out to me when I first announced my business and said, hey, this is really cool what you're doing. I'd really love to to work with you and know, you know, find out more. And at, you know, I was a hot mess at the time and we kind of had a little back and forth, but she never really committed to anything. And then I ended up just not hearing her from her for a while. And then all of a sudden I, you know, kind of flipped my mindset on that. And then next thing you know, I get an email from her or actually not even email. She just had already booked a discovery call online, you know, chit chatted with her. And it was cool because my previous mindset, I feel like going into these discovery calls was very, it had that, that, okay, I have to sell this. <laughs> the point of this is to, you know, get a client, which it is at the end of the day. But what I really focused on was just having a conversation, almost like I was talking to a friend about, 
what's going on and okay, well, this is what I do and this is how this can help. And, and she's just said, Oh, that sounds really cool. And I think that's exactly what I mean. And I said, okay, great. You know, this is my price and this is what the package looks like and kind of talked to her a little bit through what the, what the package entails and what we would do. And it just felt easy, which was so lovely because I felt like I just dreaded these things. And now I feel like I'm actually kind of excited when I see someone's yeah. discovery call. It's like, oh, yeah, I get to talk to somebody about what I do because I'm very passionate about this. And now it's it's more fun and less, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think it's so important to remember that you on a discovery call or even just a casual exchange with someone that, that isn't a formal consult, but it's, you know, it's you explaining what you do and they're, they're asking questions and any of that, whether it's like, I guess what I'm saying is whether it's formal conversation that you set up and it's actually a consult, or if it's just an informal exchange, remembering that the person that you're talking to is going to get value from that conversation either way. And that that's your job is just to leave them better for that conversation. That is going to bring in the sales when it's like, nope, I'm just helping you. And if it's right for you, you're going to want to work with me. Of course you are. And then of course they do. Right. Yep. And I love that she was kind of a no when your energy was off and when you were scattered, she was a no. And then she came back around when you refocused and she could, I'm sure was reading your emails or seeing posts on social media or something, and then could feel your confidence and your energy shift. Yeah. And then she reapproached. Yep. Of course. <laughs> Uh, so good. Okay. No, this is going to be so helpful for people that are having all of the same pricing drama and really second guessing exactly what it is that they're offering or if they should be charging what they're charging when they're feeling nervous about getting on calls with people. But here's what I would say. And I think you would agree. You're always going to be nervous. So that's okay. Nothing has gone wrong. Right. That is true. Okay. <laughs> Anything else that you want to tell people or that we didn't cover that you wanted to share today? Uh, no, I feel like we covered it pretty well. Perfect. Okay. Well, where can people find you if they do need help with any fertility, endometriosis, anything that you specialize in? Yeah. So my website is wholewomanwellness.net. And you can also find me on Instagram at whole.woman.wellness. Perfect. All right, Alyssa, thank you for coming today and for sharing with okay, us. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. My friend, does growing your business over the summertime, the busiest three months of the year seem possible to you? How about if I tell you, you can do it in five to 10 hours each week? Uh, yeah, I thought that would get your attention. Great. Behind the scenes here at the Profitable Nutritionist headquarters, we have been planning something really big for you. In fact, this is something we've never done before, a live challenge all about efficiency, time management, and delegating. The challenge officially starts on Monday, May 13th, and my friend, you are invited. During our five days together, plus some extras that I'm keeping as a surprise for now, you are actually going to be getting access to completely updated, brand new paid content from inside the Profitable Nutritionist program. And in this content, I teach you exactly how to structure your work for the next 90 days, including exactly what to focus on and how to lay out your calendar and your to-do list so it all gets done. 
We actually do an entire day's training on how to retrain your brain to procrastination proof your top priority tasks. Those are the ones that make you the most money in the shortest amount of time, by the way. (laughs) Yes, you will walk away from this totally free challenge with a rock solid plan for June, July, and August, all plugged in to a color-coded calendar system that is the stuff dreams are made of. The challenge is called Summertime 2.0. Again, it's brand new material to get you out of overwhelm so you can cruise into the busiest time of year feeling organized and focused while your business bank account balance just climbs up and up and up, hopefully while you are poolside or beachside. (laughs) I've taught free trainings before, but what I've never done is combine it with live Q&A, implementation sessions, coaching calls, and done-for-you resources. My friend, this is a totally different experience than anything we've ever done before. That is what you are getting in Summertime 2.0. I'm holding nothing back. Remember, this is actual paid content from inside my program, which you get a sneak peek into for five days straight. The dates are May 13th to the 19th. You are going to learn everything you need to know about time management, prioritizing, creating time boundaries, how to say no to people and opportunities that are costing you money in your business, and how to actually stick to your calendar and finish your to-do list each week including live Q&A with me where you can ask all of your questions. So do I have you sold? I sure hope so. <laughs> to register for the challenge, go to theprofitablenutritionist.com slash time, T-I-M-E. Remember, we officially start on May 13th. It goes through May 17th, but there are a few pre-party happenings going on. So make sure you register right now and don't miss out. The challenge is brand new material delivered in a completely new way that is going to have you loving the boring topic of time management. I promise. (laughs) And the best part is it's totally free. Register right now at theprofitablenutritionist.com slash time. 